All right. Good morning. Everybody doing good? Man, we're fixing to dive into prayer over the next few weeks, and uh, it's going to be good. So we're going to see God answer some prayer. Hopefully, we're going to learn how to pray the way that God wants us to pray. And uh, we're going we're gonna to literally see some change uh, in our community. I mean, you just saw where we're going to be praying over schools and stuff. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, praying over homes, praying over schools, praying over marriages, praying over all kinds of things. We're going to see God move in a powerful way. And, pray, and we just pray that he's honored and glorified in that. And so today we're going to kick out the series. And I, but I want to say a, a special thank you to uh, Pastor Tony. He did a great job last week uh, bringing the word. So if y'all would give it up for Pastor Tony. Uh, hopefully none of y'all have been so offended this week, right? And uh, hopefully you don't get offended today. Uh, but I will say this, the gospel is offensive at times, right? And God's word is offensive. It will sometimes hurt your feelings a little bit in a good way. And, uh, but he did an incredible job, and I'm thankful that uh, we have such great teachers on our staff and that we get to, we get to hear from all these guys all the time. So it's, it's, it's encouraging for me. And so cl- glad you guys are here. If you're joining us online, we're glad you're here to be a part of it. And, uh, man, there's some uh, great things happening today. If you guys have not gone through our Connect class, it's going to be during the second service. Uh, maybe you didn't remember that it was today. It's going to be in the second service. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've got about 19 people going through it already, so the room may fill up. So I don't know if they're going to have to cut it off. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Uh, but uh, the rooms uh, may be getting full, so that's a good thing. And if you want to be a part of that, you can go in there and join us as well. And so uh, in this series, uh, we're talking about when you pray, you know, I don't know if you guys watch uh, football, but uh, this past week, it was almost center stage for our nation, or at least those who watch the NFL or, uh, you know, care much about the news or whatever. But uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, was in a, uh, he made a tackle in a game Monday night. And when he made that tackle, he got hit. And anyway, he stood back up and then he just collapses. And um, he went into cardiac arrest. And so they had trainers come out and the trainers began to work on DeMar and they were they were trying to figure out what was going on. They're trying to assess the situation, and they had to begin CPR. And if you were watching the game, I happened to be watching the game. You know, it was kind of a, a, a different moment, uh, you know, than anything that everybody had ever seen. And so all the players are standing around. They begin to weep. You know, you can tell they're rattled emotionally. And what they're having to do, they're trying to resuscitate this guy. He has died on the field pretty much. And so it just kind of shook the whole stadium. It shook the people who were watching online you know or on tv and stuff like that and so it just kind of shook everybody and and then all of a sudden you see these guys get down these big old uh, football players get down they begin to pray right and they get they begin to pray and they throw it back to the studio espn studio because they don't know what to do and the guys who are commentating on the game they don't really know what to say and you get back to the studio and those people don't really know what to say and they're emotional you can see tears and and then it finally gets to a point where one of the guys actually begins to pray on national TV, you know, and I, I thought, you know, how powerful was that? Yeah, I mean, it was powerful. And, and so you see, you know, where all of a sudden, and whenever things like that happen, all of a sudden there's this priority list that kind of gets kind of changed. You know, before that happened, it was almost like the game was the priority. And real quick, that, that game went from being the priority to being, hey, this young man and his life what matters most, right? Eternal type things. And, and so oftentimes in our own life, it can happen that way. There can be things that happen. We think that things are so more important than, than what they really are. And then there can be a tragedy. There can be a challenge in our own life. And it's almost like the list gets inverted and we go, hey, you know what? That's not important anymore. Like that football game was not important anymore, except for, probably to a few people that, you know, that it's their God. But all of a sudden, these people realize, you know what? Hey, there's something more important. This young man's life 
And that man, and people began to go and pray to a God. Some of them may not even know that God, but they were praying, hey, if there is a God, God, we are, we're asking you to touch this young man's life. And, and if you know much about him, you know, from this past week, maybe some of the stuff they've done on him, you see that he was, a, he was an incredible young man, and God's using him in a powerful way, even, even now, even today. And, and so I love the fact that, you know, Scripture talks about when you pray, you know, or Jesus talked about when we pray, that, you know, that we will literally, you know, we, we will pray. And here's the thing, well, sometimes we will pray, you know, to the, to the one true God of the universe, and there are some that will pray to anything and everything. It's just like worship. You know, we'll worship something. We'll find something to worship. Sometimes it's a football, sometimes it's a basketball or a golf ball or a volleyball or a softball or whatever. Or, you know, or we'll worship things. We'll worship, you know, what we collect, what we can, can claim as our own. You know, we, we think we've got all this stuff and we be, we'll worship anything. And so oftentimes we pray to, to things. And so Jesus knew people would pray, but he also knew that people would not know how to pray or why or to whom to pray. And so Jesus taught on prayer. You know, if you'll remember the disciples asking, Luke said, Jesus, will you teach us? They've just seen him pray. And they're like, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And so I think it's important for us to go, you know, God, you know, we want to know how to pray. We want to pray the right way. And, and there's, there's a lot of things that can get in the way of what really God is wanting uh, to accomplish. So in Matthew 6, and we're going to unpack Matthew 6 through the series a little bit. So we're just going to take this one part today and we'll hit on a few things. But it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth, this, that that is all the reward they will ever get. And so Jesus is giving some ways not to pray. So not only will he teach us how to pray, he'll say, hey, listen, don't do this. You know, and sometimes you need to have some guidelines, you know, so there are times we'll say, hey, well, I'll just do whatever I want to do. That's not the way it works. You know, there's got to be rules. So kind of, you guys ever play a game? And whenever you're playing that game, somebody wants to always change the rules. Y'all ever do that? Does that aggravate you? You're like, hey, wait, wait, that's not, that's not how we started the game. You know, and so let's, so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's some things you do and there's some things you don't do. And so look, you know, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. And what he's saying, hey, listen, your heart's got to be right. If your motivation is not right, you know, and you're praying just so people can see you, you've already got all you're going to get. You know, and he's, he's addressing that. So, and he addresses a whole lot more in this chapter as we're going to move through it. But this is all we're going to look at today. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And, and so we go, you know, God, you know, I, I want to line up with what Jesus said. Here's Jesus who, man, when he prayed, man, it, it changed things. Whenever he, he prayed over bread, man, he, he fed 5,000. You know what I'm saying? I mean, whenever he did things, it was unbelievable. And so we go, you know, I want to line up with what Jesus did. I want to, I want to experience what he experienced. And I want, I, want to, I want to pray the way that he prayed. He says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think, they, they, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. And so there are times there's these repetitious prayers. They can become chants even. And so it's like, hey, if I say it enough, now God, God does teach us in his word to be persistent. We're to be persistent in our prayers. That we don't give up praying. I think about a mom or a dad who's got a child that's a wayward child, that prodigal son or prodigal daughter. You don't give up praying. You just keep praying, right? You may see gl glimmers and you know, just little you know, shivers of hope, but you keep praying. You stay steady. And I, I wonder how many there are people that have come to know Christ later in life because of a praying mom or a praying dad that never gave up. And so we've got to be willing to keep praying, 
But it, it says, hey, don't, don't, don't say the same thing over and over and over. It's kind of like doing the blessing sometimes. What we'll do is we'll say, hey, who's going to say the blessing? And you say the blessing. And sometimes it's just a re- re- repetitive little saying, and it loses the meaning. You know what I'm saying? We don't say what we mean. We're just saying what we were taught. You know, and even like the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, sometimes it can become a repetitious prayer that we pray just because we've been taught that. But what it was is a model that we're to follow. And so we said, well, I'm just going to say this, and that way I'm covered. No, no, no. It needs to be, has some meaning in it. It needs to have some heart in it. So when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. So don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. So some would ask, you know, well, if, if God knows what I need, then why in the world am I having to pray? Because it's a communication thing. You know, I mean, with our children, you know, there are times we know what our kids need, right? But we want to talk about it. You know, uh, we want to talk to them. We want to have a communication uh, line with them. We want to be able to have a relationship with them. And so Jesus, that's why he came here, so that we could have a relationship with the Father, right? And so whenever we talk with the Father, we're going, you know, God, you know, this is what I need. And he goes, yes, I know that. And he'll meet that need. And there's times that we say, God, this is what we need. And he goes, no, that's not what you need. You know, I got something better than that. You know, that's what you want, but I've got something that you need. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, help me to understand, you know, how that works. So this passage assumes that true disciples are going to pray. So it says when you pray. It's not, hey, if you pray, it's when you pray. So true disciples, true followers of Christ are going to pray. And so like today, you know, we've got the Connect class next. And, and one of the things that, you know, we talk about in there is being a part of the church. It's not necessarily going through a class, but it's having a relationship with, with the Father through Jesus Christ, through our faith in what Jesus did. That's how you become a part of the church. If you guys have never figured that out, it is, it's, hey, I want to be in a relationship with God the Father, and I'm putting my faith in what Jesus did whenever he went to the cross, whenever he died on the cross, whenever he was laid in a borrowed tomb, when he was resurrected, whenever he ascended, everything that he did, I believe. And so therefore, by putting my faith in who Jesus is and what he did, you are a part of the church. But you still need to be a part of a local assembly, a local fellowship, a local, you know, gathering. You need to be a part of that. And here's the thing, you need to be plugged in. You need to be connected. That's why we call it connect. We want to see you connected to the body of Christ. We want to see you connected in using your gifts and, you know, helping build up the body of Christ, helping to further the kingdom. So we all have that responsibility. So this passage assumes that, hey, you know that true disciples pray. And I'll be honest with you, we want people that will pray here. Like this coming Saturday, we're going to these schools, and we're going to pray over these schools. We're praying for God to, you know, put godly teachers in there. We're praying for God to move in there, to protect children. You know, we're praying for God to move in those schools, and, and God do something that, you know what, that we can't do. Say, God, you can. And so if you want to join us for prayer, we would love for you to join us for prayer. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. We'll come back in here, and we'll gather here, and, and we'll have just a short time of worship, and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray over this room. There may be somebody who say, hey, listen, I need somebody to pray over me. Then come on. You know, we're going to pray. We believe in the power of prayer. And we're going to move around this building. We're going to pray over this building. And we're pray. let me just tell you some of the things that we pray regularly here. We pray over these doors that when people walk in, they feel and sense the presence of God. We pray that when people drive by, they sense and feel the presence of God. And they feel like God is doing something here. You know what I'm saying? That they're drawn here. And we believe that. And so we want people that are praying. And here's the thing. That's not just something we do just on Saturday morning and then we turn it off. But we do that throughout the week. Whenever we walk into a restaurant, we're praying, yeah, put me with the right waitress or the right waiter that I can be an encouragement to, that I can be a blessing to today. You know, we start praying for those things. And we pray believing and we pray with intentionality. I'm telling you, we're going to see things happen. 
And so, so Jesus is assuming that we pray, that the disciples are going to be praying. And, there's, and I'll just tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we pray. Prayer is to the soul what oxygen is to the body. If we're praying, we're breathing spiritually. And so I don't know about you guys, but, you know, there's times whenever, uh, you know, you think about, you know, different ways to die. I don't know if you guys ever think about that, but like drowning, you know, you can't get to the top, how, how tough that would be. Or just to, you know, somebody choking you out or whatever, you know, just, you know, like, man, I don't know if I want to go that way. But there are times that we are literally, we're not breathing like we should spiritually. And so prayer is me communicating with the Father, spending time with the Father. And here's the thing, he's ministering to me as I'm pouring out my heart. And oftentimes I'm confessing things, you know, I'm, I'm just laying things down before the Lord. So it's like oxygen to my soul, to the body. So prayer can be misused. So I want us to kind of touch on this, and we'll unpack this as we move through the series. But I want to just kind of touch on a couple of ways that I feel like prayer can, can be misused. And one is some may pray, uh, may pray prideful prayers. Uh, there's a passage I'll read in just a second where it gives a really good example of that. But we can, we can become a little bit prideful. You know, we can, we can look around and we'll pray with a little bit of arrogance. And God hates an arrogant spirit. You know, a haughty spirit or arrogance God despises. He loves for us to be humble. He loves for us to walk in humility. And then here's another one. Some, some, uh, some may pray selfish prayers. I know you guys would never do that, you know, right? Y'all would never pray a selfish prayer. You never pray, God, let that guy miss that field goal. Y'all would never do that. Y'all would never pray, hey, let that guy hit that field goal, right? Or, hey, hey, let my son hit a home run. Come on, you know, you know I mean, whatever it might be. We would never do that. I know you guys would probably never do that. But here's the thing is we do pray selfish prayers. You know, and, and those, those don't honor God. Uh, you might say, well, you know, is it okay to ask things? Okay to ask things. But it's like, you know, you know, I wonder who, if half the stadium is praying for the guy to miss the football, I mean, miss the field goal, and half the stadium is praying for him to make it. You know, I wonder what, you know, what God's doing up there, just laughing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because we get so intense on this game and, and it may be, hey, you know what? That guy needs to be humbled. We don't know. Or it may be that, you know what, hey, he needs this because this guy, you know, he's hanging on by a thread, whatever. And, and so we've got to be willing to say, yeah, I don't want to pray selfish prayers. I want to pray, I want to pray, you know, prayers that line up with your word. God, I want to pray prayers that line up with your will. And, and God, I want, to, I want to know your heart. And God, I want to pray what you have taught us to pray. And so we can have a tendency to want to pray uh, these prayers that are, that are selfish. Some may pray uh, hi hypocritical prayers. You know that, I mean, we, we're looking down. I want to read to you out of Luke. It's Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. It says, two men went to the temple to pray, and one was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. Boy, he had it going on, didn't he? He, he's sitting there talking about how, how good he is and just kind of pointing it out to God. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven. As he prayed, instead he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Now I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so here's the thing is we can pray with arrogance we can pray with the holy spirit we can god thank you i'm not like those people god thank you i'm not like whatever and what we need to say god just thank you that you love me enough that you would send your son to die for me i'm broken you know and I, I tell people all the time i'm, I'm the probably the most broken person in this room and, and i mean that 
you know, God, thank you that you would save me, that you would even, you would even choose to use me. And so if we can walk in humility, we, we honor God. If we walk in arrogance, you know, he, he doesn't, he's dishonored. And so prayers can be misused and we, we have to be careful about how we do that. So we've been invited and expected to pray. I, I love this. We've been invited. I mean, Jesus is telling us to pray. He's teaching us to pray, right? And, but we've also been invited to pray and expected to pray. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now, most of us in this room know that passage, and we maybe even have it memorized, and we quote it often. Uh, but there's another one that follows that up. So God does have a plan for our life. He says, in those days when you what? When you pray. So in those days when you pray, he goes, I will what? I will listen. So he said, hey, listen, when you pray, I will listen. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. And so whenever we pray, he said, hey, when you pray, so when you pray, I will listen. And so we've got to make sure that, you know, we're, we're lining up with the invitation he's given us here. Hey, man, if you want a, a, a life that, man, is, that is full of hope, you know, it's got, you got a, you know, plans for a future for you, then, man, spend time praying. Make sure that we're praying. God, I need to know what your plans are, not my plans. Because oftentimes my plans don't line up with God's Word. They don't even line up with Him, right? And, and so I've got to go, God, you know, help me to die to what is me, what is flesh, what is my selfish nature. God, help me to die to that. God, I want to line it with Your Word. I want to line it with Your truth. And Father, I want Your will to be done, not mine. Even if we look at the model prayer that we're going to unpack next week, you know, we go, you know, God, it says, hey, let Your will be done, not mine. As it is in heaven. Let Your will be done as it is in heaven. So we have reasons to pray. I think most of us would say we have reasons to pray. Now, like I said, Monday night with the DeMar Hamlin, I mean, it was obvious they had a reason to pray. Men, people, men got on their knees and prayed. There were people in the stadium praying. There were people watching all over the nation praying. And, you know, and people haven't let up. I mean, and even, you know, DeMar has sent out some things. He said, man, I, I appreciate the prayers. I appreciate the love. And there's people that say, man, keep praying. Keep praying. Don't give up. You know, and so what happens sometimes is we'll, we'll pray and we'll see a little bit of improvement. We'll quit. And let me tell you, it's like your marriage. Your marriage, you know, you have a good weekend, have a good date night. Hey, man, we're good. No, no, no. Keep praying. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. You know, pray for your family. You know, daily have that time of prayer. Make sure that, you know, it's not like, hey, we're just going to pray when it's bad. We're going to pray when someone has a heart attack. That's when we'll pray. No, man, we're praying all the time. And we're praying because praying should be like breathing, right? You know, and that, that's kind of been the prayer of this, our church is, you know, we don't want to just have to have special prayer services. We want to be praying, man, as we're doing things. You know, I tell people all the time whenever, you know, teachers over here in our children's ministry, and if you got children, man, I would encourage you to take them over there because they do a great job. But I asked, I've asked the teachers since we started Journey Church, hey, listen, when a parent drops off a kid, I want you just to whisper a prayer over them. You don't have to walk up and lay hands on them or nothing like that. But whenever they drop that kid off, just say, God, I pray that you would give them peace of mind. That whenever they go in for the message or for the worship time, that they'll have peace of mind. And God, show me how to minister to their child. And so you don't have to, you don't have to lay hands on somebody to do that. But you can whisper that prayer. You know, when someone walks through the back door or walks in here, you know, just going, you know, here, you know, handing them a pamphlet where it's, hey, God, man, we just pray that you bless them. Give them a great day. Let your words speak to them. Let them walk out of here encouraged. So we have reasons to pray, and here's, here's a bunch of them. To bring healing to our nation. We all know that our nation needs healing, right? And 2 Chronicles 7, 14 through 15, many of you guys know that passage, you know, but if we will humble ourselves and pray, he will heal our land. And when you go, God, you know, we want you to heal our land. We need you to heal our land. And so, we, you know, that's something we ought to be praying for. Every one of us in this room, not just when it's bad times, 
but daily get, oh, asking God, God, heal our land, heal our nation, heal our community. There's so much brokenness around us. And, and so let us be a light in this place, but we need to pray you know, f- for healing in our nation, to bring healing to relationships. There are strained relationships all around us, and there's probably a lot in this room. There's a lot watching online. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking about a broken relationship or a strained relationship. Maybe it's with your mom, with your dad. Maybe it's with a brother or a sister. You know, maybe it's with a, an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it's with a coworker. You know, maybe, it, maybe it's with a, a neighbor or a friend or something like that. And, and you know, you know what, that, that relationship needs healing. You, you have wounded them. They have wounded you. Something has happened. And you've got to be willing to say, you know, God, help me to be willing to forgive. Help me to be willing to do the right thing. And, and so we need to be praying so to bring healing to relationships. And, and Hebrews 10, 24 and through 25 talks about, you know, you know, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, that we're, we're making sure that we're doing the things to help us do the right things. Let's spur one another on. Let's not cut, keep stirring up this dissension that's going on. To bring physical healing. You know, uh, we, we have people, you know, all around us that are battling things. Um, sadly, this past week, you know, we, two, two close friends have lost uh, their, their parents. Uh, one lost their mom yesterday. The day before that, the, uh, one of our elders uh, lost his mom. And, um, you know, and, and so they, they've gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, but there's some that are battling cancer uh, right here in the midst of our family. They're battling cancer. They're battling other things. Uh, last night, I, I got a text. I was, uh, I was actually meeting with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Kevin Dickelman and his wife, Anna. We had a group that got together because today, if you guys are planning on going to, on the Israel trip, um, there's a meeting today after the second service, and uh, it's kind of the last day really to kind of get, get connected and get plugged in. If you're going to go, we would love for you to go. So we got a pretty good group going. And so Dr. Kevin was sharing some of the things that were going on, and I got a message. Uh, one of the ladies in our church who has been battling uh, cancer uh, is at UAB, and, and some of it's back. And you know, we just stopped and we prayed. We prayed believing that God's going to heal her, and, you know, praying believing. You know, and so we're praying for her, for what she's going through. But we're also praying for God to heal her. And, and I always pray that, you know, God, let it be a, a testimony that our people would be able to point back and go, you know what, we prayed for healing and we saw God heal her. And it's not for, not for Journey Church, it's not for me, it's for God's glory, right? It's for His kingdom. And I can remember when my mom was in the hospital, you know, she was, she was battling with liver disease and the doctors had pretty much wrote her off and didn't think she would live through the night. And I can remember praying with uh, family members, some of those weren't even believers, and I just remember holding hands and praying with them saying, God, you know, if you, if you would just heal my mom, I'll tell this story every chance I get. And God, I, I want it to be for your glory. And God, I want you to be honored. I want to see physical healing in my mom for you, God, for your glory. And God, let our faith be enough. That's all I could ask. God, let our faith be enough. And my mom walked out of that hospital two weeks later, walked out of that hospital, lived another year and a half, you know, and, but it was for God's glory. And, and, and so if you don't believe in physical healing, then you, you don't believe half of what Jesus did. He did physical healings. And I know in our science today, we go, you know, Mike, I don't know about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so educated now that I'm not sure I have faith to believe what I read in the Bible. But I'm just telling you, man, you look back, man, God does it all the time. He does things that we go, or it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't have to, I'll be honest with you. We just have to say, yeah, God, I trust you. And if I fully trust you, I'm going to let go. and I'm going to say, God, I trust you for healing. And you might say, well, Mike, I've prayed for people and they weren't healed. Well, it's not, it's not my plan. I'm not strong-arming God. I'm asking God. That's what we do. We ask God, right? I'm asking God to heal, and I'm asking Him to use it for His glory. And if it's His plan, it's His will. And here's the thing. If they're a believer, if they breathe their last, that is the ultimate healing. We just miss that sometimes because we want them to be here. 
But ultimately, we're saying, God, we want your will to be done. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be honored. So to bring physical healing, so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. John 14, 13 uh, says this. Look at this passage. It says, you can ask for anything in my name, and, and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to what? To the Father. So when we're asking, man, it doesn't matter what we ask. We're saying, God, I want you to be glorified. God, I, I want it to be about you, not about me. I, don't, I want it to be about my church. I, God, I want it to be about you. I want you to be glorified and honored. And so when we pray those things and we pray these prayers, sometimes you go, man, I feel like I'm praying a selfish prayer. And I'll be honest with you, there were times that I did pray a selfish prayer for my mom. I didn't want her to die. I remember the night that she was laying in the hospital, and this was a year and a half later, and she is struggling to hang on, and she is literally, and I remember holding her hand and saying, Mom, listen, don't, don't fight to stay here for us. I mean, you run into the arms of Jesus. I mean, you go with my blessing. We will be okay. And I remember her squeezing my hand like, okay. And that next morning, 530 that next morning, she passed and went on, went to be with the Lord. So we've got to be willing to, you know, say, you know, God, I'm not, I don't want to pray a selfish prayer. God, I want to pray for their ultimate healing. God, I want, to, I want them to be with you. And so that God is glorified, so that our joy will be made full and complete. And so we, we want to be able to go, God, I want my, I, I, want, I want to experience the fullness of, of knowing you. You haven't done this before. It says, ask using my name and you'll receive and you'll have what? Abundant joy. And so I, I'll be honest with you, when I prayed over my mom and watched her healed, you know, and watched her walk out of the hospital, man, I had this incredible joy. And I'll tell you this, this may sound crazy, you know, I, I'm a mama's boy. I tell people that all the time. I was a mama's boy. And so whenever my mom died, it was tough, but I had joy because I knew where she was at. And there's a difference in that. You know, when someone passes away and we don't know where they're going, man, that's, that's, I'll be honest with you, that's a tough funeral to do. I remember one time a guy uh, had, had passed away and a friend of ours in our, in our church asked me, would I go over and meet with the family? I said, yeah. And so I went over and the guy was sitting there and the dad was rattled. I mean, you could tell he was just emotional and, uh, he, uh, he said, hey, listen, don't try to preach my son into heaven. I said, sir, I, I won't do that. I said, I can't do that. He said, I, and his, what the dad was saying is pretty much, I know my son was not a believer. And let me just tell you, man, you talking about tough on a mom or a dad whenever you know your kid's not a believer, you know, that's tough. So the best thing we could do is, man, to give our life to Christ and live for Jesus. And I'm just telling you, when we breathe our last, it's, it's, it's good for the family, right? That, that's a blessing. That's something that we can know. And so we can have that abundant joy. And so here's the thing, we must believe that prayer works. I mean, part of it is, is, is faith, right? God, let my faith be enough. We've got to believe what we pray. And I think there are times that we don't always believe what we're praying. It says God heard the prayers of his people. You know, we go back, uh, you know, to Exodus and we see where, you know, the, the nation of Israel is crying out. They were groaning. They were, they were slaves. They were having to make bricks and they were working hard. And it was just this torturous work. But they were crying out to a holy God. And a God who had made a promise. And so it says this in Exodus 2, 23 through 25. It says years passed. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, hey, God, you got to do it like that. It may be that we say, hey, God, I'm going to continue to pray. Like for that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter, we just keep praying. We keep believing. We keep praying. We keep believing. And so it says years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. And they cried out for help and their cry rose up to, to God. It says, God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promised to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Don't you love that? So we're, we're calling out to God and God in his timing, he goes, all right, it's time to act. It's time to heal. It's time to bring them home. 
It's time to do whatever he, he deems necessary. But it goes back to, hey, do we trust him? And is it for his glory? And going, God, you know, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to be a praying person. I want to be a prayer warrior. You know, there are times that, you know, I, I use the term prayer warrior. And some people go, yeah, it just sounds a little, you know, um, I don't know, a little harsh. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there thinking, man, I want somebody that prays heaven down. You know, I want somebody that's a, a, a warrior. That's like when we send people off to war, I don't want to send a bunch of sissies out there being honest with you. I want somebody that knows how to fight. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that can get it done. And I'm thinking, I want prayer warriors around me. I don't know about y'all, you know, but I want somebody that can get after and get it done. And, and so we need to have that mentality. God, you know, help me to be a prayer warrior. That I'm going to battle for my family. I'm not giving up so quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with it. I'm going to stick with it. And so God knew it was time to act. And so we see this. God heard the prayers of the apostles. You know, Paul, you know, he was a man of prayer. He believed in the power of prayer. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And so here's the thing. He's singing praises. He's worshiping, yet he's in chains, right? And so everybody else is listening to what this guy's doing, listening to what he's singing, listening to what he's saying. And, and so you're talking about being a witness and, and the power of prayer and the power of worship and the power of a good attitude and just trusting God. That's amazing. It says around midnight, let me hit it again. It says, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains uh, of every prisoner fell off. So think about the impact of that. So it's not just Paul and Silas that the chains fall off, but everybody around them is impacted by that. The, everybody in there is impacted by that. So here's the thing is whenever we pray and we're praying for blessings and we're praying for our church. And I think sometimes we think, hey, if I'm praying for myself, you know, that's being selfish. There are times that we're praying for God to use us to be a blessing to others. And so Paul, you know, and Silas, they're, they're worshiping, they're praying. And, and God literally says, hey, listen, all the chains are going to fall off. And so it affects everybody around them. It has that kind of power. So God hears our prayers when we line up with his word. And so Paul and Silas, you know, they're praying, they're worshiping. And man, they have this, 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 this response by God. It was time to act by God. And so I feel like the most important thing we can do is line up with what we've been taught, like what we read today. We read, you know, there in Luke 11, where Jesus said, hey, listen, you know, don't pray like this guy. Pray like this guy who was humble. And then, you know, in Matthew 6, where it says, hey, listen, when you pray, don't do this. So we got to line up. So there's sometimes it's kind of keeping it in, the, in, in between the ditches, if you will. You know, God says, hey, listen, out here, it's not going to work. In here, man, it's going to be incredible. And so we've got to say, God, help me, help me to line up with your word. And, and so here, here is a passage out of James that I think at times, you know, people go, you know, I don't, I don't understand that or I don't know why. It's because God's word says it. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should what? Pray. I didn't hear you. You should what? Pray. Yeah, you should pray. Anybody here suffering hardships? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody watching online suffering hardships? Then you should pray. So God's word is pretty clear. If you're suffering hardships, you should pray. Now, some of those hardships may be financial hardships. You should pray. Maybe they're relational hardships. You should pray. Maybe they're physical hardships. You should pray. Maybe they're spiritual hardships. Maybe you're literally under spiritual attack. You should pray. That's what scripture says, right? So are any of you happy? You should what? I, I can't hear y'all, man. I don't know what's going on. If you're, all right, let me start again. Are any of you happy? You should what? Pray. Sing praises. So did any of you guys sing praises today? 
Man, so I hope so, because I hope you're happy. You know, because here's the thing, you can be happy, and let me just say this, you can be happy and you can be joyful. Happy and joyful are two different things, but you can be joyful in the midst of trials and in the midst of hardships. Praying, knowing, hey, you know what, God's going to see me through this. And you can have joy, you can choose to have joy, kind of like Paul and Silas sitting in the uh, prison there. They can choose to have joy and worship and sing songs of praise in the midst of hardship. Most of us would consider being in prison a little bit of a hardship, right? So we would consider that a hardship. So we would say they were happy because they were singing praises. So we can choose to have joy. We can choose to be happy no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're dealing with. No matter what we're dealing with, we can, we can choose that. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. I've had people ask, you know, why, why do we have to anoint with oil? Because God's Word says to do that. You know, we, we anoint with oil. We put oil on somebody. And some people say, well, I don't know if God still does that. I, still, I believe that He still does because His Word's still good, right? And so we anoint with oil. We pray over people. And we pray believing. And again, we go back. We go, God, we want your will to be done. God, we're praying. We're asking for you to, to work and to, and to heal this person. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. You confess those sins. God is faithful and just. He will forgive you of all unrighteousness, right? And so whenever we, we, we come to the Lord, we come with the right kind of heart. It says, confess your sins to each other and, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so there are times that we need to confess our sins to one another. You know, th that healing may begin. That healing is relationship healing. You know, and then also God may say, hey, listen, you've been holding this bitterness, this anger, this resentment in for so long. It's, it's affecting you physically. Y'all realize stress is one of the worst things for our body? And whenever we hold in bitterness and anger and resentment, it's stressing our body physically, which stresses because we're stressed emotionally and relationally, and therefore it begins to wear on our body. So confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces what? Wonderful results. So, you know, and if you may say, well, I don't really know a righteous person. Well, you need to go find one. You need to go find a righteous person. Hey, man, will you pray for me? You know, man, I want you to pray over me. I want you to pray for me. There are times, you know, I, I know it's tough. Like when we give an invitation, I know there are times, you know, go, you, you feel like God is leading you to walk down to the, to the front, to the altar. But I know that oftentimes what we do is we go, if I go down there, somebody's going to think something's wrong. It is, right? There is something wrong. That's the reason God, the Holy Spirit is convicting you or telling you, hey, go down there. And it may be that, you know what, you need someone who is righteous to pray over you. Someone that can lay hands on you and just pray over you. Just, man, just speak words of encouragement over you. But what we do is we get into this kind of a mental battle. And believe me, I've done it a thousand times. And I'll sit there and I'm going like, I feel like the Lord is telling me to go down and get on my knees and pray at the altar. And I'm going, but I'm good. I'll just, I'll do it when I get home. Or I'm the pastor and everybody's going to think, what's he doing down there? What's he done this week? You know, whatever. And, and so we, we, we rationalize and we'll end up walking out of here with regret oftentimes because we know or we felt like God was leading us to go to the altar and pray and we were disobedient and we chose to do what we felt like was more comfortable or either maybe what the enemy wanted me to do. And I'm just telling you, I've, I've fought that battle before. I can remember the night that I gave my life to Christ. I can remember sitting there justifying saying, you know what, I am, I'm not a bad guy. You know, I had never killed anybody. I mean, I, mean, I'm, I think I'm okay. And I remember God just dealing with me, and man, the Spirit was drawing me, and it's just like, and, I, and my fear, and I've told you guys this a thousand times, was getting up in front of people 
And, and the church I went to, you had to go down, they would turn you around and say, and this is Mike, and Mike just prayed to see Christ tonight in front of all those people. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not, I'm not going down there. You know, and uh, I remember going, finally going, God, if you'll get me there, I'll give you my life. And I don't remember walking the aisle, I just remember getting there and telling the, the pastor, hey, he said, what are you coming for? I said, man, I really don't know. I, said, I just know I need Jesus. And I got on my knees, a 19-year-old young man, and I, get, I surrendered my life. And it changed everything. It changed the whole direction of my life. And, and what I'm telling you, though, is we let the enemy talk us out of some of the things that are the best things for us because we sit there and we rationalize and we justify and we think, well, I'll just get somebody else to pray for him. There's probably a lot of people down there or whatever. And maybe if you're watching online, you think, well, you know, I'm, I, I'll just handle it here. Maybe you need to text, hey, my decision into the church and so that somebody can call you and pray with you. you know, and so we, we, we often miss out on the wonderful results. So here's some obstacles to prayer. One would be, I would say, would be pride that's not in this list, but pride can get in the way uh, of that. We talked about it earlier. But sin, unconfessed sin, that's a no-brainer. God's Word is clear about that. So unconfessed sin in our life will be a, a hindrance to our prayer. It'll, it'll be an obstacle to prayer being answered. Here's another one. It's unforgiveness. There's so many times, man, we sit around and we've got bitterness and anger and resentment. Like I said a while ago, it's stressing you out emotionally, relationally. And here's the thing, it's affecting you spiritually as well. It's affecting your prayer life. And, and so unforgiveness, if we hold on to unforgiveness, our prayers are affected. We've got to have the right kind of heart, the right kind of mentality. And then dishonoring our spouse. You know, Peter talks about that, man. Hey, you, you need to make sure that you're you know, not dishonoring your spouse, but you're honoring them. You're serving them. You know, marriage is not about one, you know, serving the other. It's about both of you mutually submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And you're looking for ways to serve one another, to encourage, to affirm, to build up, to honor. You know, and so th that, that's, that's, a, that's an important one. And then here's another one, just ingratitude. I mean, God is a gracious God. God is a giving God. But if we come with, an in, with a sense of ingratitude, like, you know, that we don't appreciate what's been done, that, that can be, that can hinder our prayers. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to pray with the right kind of heart. Here's a couple of next steps. And I would encourage you to take one of these. Memorize Jeremiah 29, 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Take that passage and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to memorize that. I'm going to think about that over and over. That's meditating. I'm going to think about that over and over this week. Wherever I go, I'm going to think about it. I'm driving down the road. That guy pulls out in front of me. I'm going to think about that passage, right? I'm going to think about that passage. Here's another one. I'll commit this day to learn to be a prayer warrior for my family, my church, my community, my nation. That's up to you. You can make that decision. You say, you know what? I'm going to make that commitment today. But a commitment is something you commit to that you're saying, I'm all in. It's not something just for today. But I'm choosing today from this point forward, I'm going to commit to be a prayer warrior. You imagine if this many people were praying every day for the church. You imagine what would happen if this many people were praying for healing. You imagine what would happen if this many people were praying for evangelists to be sharing the gospel. You imagine if this many people were praying every day for their families, for their church, for their nation. What would happen? I'm telling you, man, it would change things, right? Because prayer changes us. When I pray, man, it changes me. When I get into the presence of God, it changes me. And then here's the last one. I will set aside a time each day to be still before God and pray. I'll just be still. All of us are in a mad rush all the time, right? We, we wake up in a hurry. What if we say, hey, I'm going to set aside just five, ten minutes just to be still in the presence of God and just to pray. I think it brings some peace into our life. 
I think it would change everything. I want to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. You know what I want to ask you to do? I want to ask you to pray. I want you to, I want you to pray right now. I want you to say, God, just pray this prayer to God. Just say, God, will you show me what I need to do today? Just, just say, God, will you show me what I need to do today? We've talked about a lot of steps, a lot of action steps. We say, God, will you show me what I need to do today? You may be here and he may reveal to you that you need to give your life to him. You need to surrender your life to Christ. You need to be saved. You may wonder, how do you, how do, you do that? Kind of like me, that, that, that when I was 19 years old, you just say, man, I just know I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need to be forgiven. I need to be saved. And if that's you, just say, Father, will you show me if that's what I need to do? If you're watching online, just say, Father, will you show me what I need to do? And if he says, hey, it's to surrender everything to me. Surrender your life to me. Let me walk you through a, a prayer of the heart that, that leads you in that direction. And just say, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Jesus, I'm asking you to be the leader of my life, to be the Lord of my life. I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I confess to you that I have blown it. I have messed up and I am broken. He already knows that, right? He already knows before we ask. But Jesus, I'm asking you to come inside. Jesus, I'm asking you to come and be my leader, the Lord of my life. I'm asking you to save me. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. And with all the faith that I have, Jesus, I put my faith in you for salvation. You know what his word says? His word says that you are given a new name and a new heart. And you are adopted into his family. And you become one of his children. If that's your prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, man, let us know. Indicate it on one of the cards. You can text us, my decision, what you did. Or you can, if you don't mind, just raise your hands. And Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? Say, I just prayed with you that prayer. I see your hand. Anybody else? So I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the prayer you prayed. There may be, there may be some of you in this room that God's told you to walk down and to literally let someone pray over you. Our prayer team's going to be here at the front. And they're going to be here to pray over you, pray for you, maybe just to encourage you. But I want to encourage you to do what God told you to do. Whatever it is, whatever it is, just trust Him. All across the room, if you guys would, just stand. All across the room, everybody stand, and you respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, we trust you. We trust your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we would all respond to what you have said to do, whatever you have spurred in our heart to do. God, that we would trust you. Bless this time of response in Jesus' name. Amen.